0: Our wonderful, say that sarcastically, vice president.
1: <sighs> <laughs> he can't even it's say just- it.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Loopcast, Catholic Votes' weekly rundown of all things faith. Culture and politics. And this week, we got a full slate. We're going to be touching on anti Catholic church violence, Father James Martin being confusing, uh, the Mark Hawk trial that started this week, uh, the March for Life, and then the response from Biden and Kamala Harris, and then moving into the Twilight Zone. So we at Catholic Vote really have owned this issue that is not getting enough press. And the issue I'm talking about is that Catholic churches have been constantly attacked for three years, almost an attack a day, and no one is talking about it. So Erica, what is the big push this week coming from Catholic Vote? Why is it a priority to everyone?
1: Sure. So we're in the middle of a campaign right now to bring this topic uh, to greater public awareness and to really put the pressure on Congress, now that we have a Republican House, um, to investigate and to push the Department of Justice to investigate the rise in violence against Catholic churches in particular so, since May of 2020, when the George Floyd riots uh, started, there have been 278 attacks as of this recording, and we're adding about three every week. So, for three years, we have seen an average of three attacks every week on a Catholic church. Um, either you know, everything from arson to um, vandalism in terms of spray painting pro-abortion, anti-Catholic, satanic symbols chopping off statues, hands, and heads. And um, the Catholic Vote tracker is updated uh, several times a week whenever there is a new attack. So anyone who wants to find out and stay um, alerted to the latest on this story, uh, definitely go and check that out. We'll drop it in the show notes as usual. Um, but I think that the the most disturbing thing about this has been the utter silence From the Department of Justice in terms of addressing and even acknowledging this rise in violence um, against the Catholic Church in particular. It's not
2: like we haven't alerted them, right? I mean, Josh, you know better than me, we've talked to the Department of Justice a few times now. What's the history of our correspondence with the Department of Justice and the Biden administration? Well,
0: so Brian Birch, President of Catholic Vote, sent a letter to Attorney General Merrick Garland. This was back in December of 2021 after there had been so many attacks, as you mentioned, since uh, especially since May of 2020, over a year and a half, and there just wasn't that much action on it. In fact, the U.S. bishops had done the first job of tracking the amount of violence, and they published this big report in October of 2021. And after a few months after they did that, we noticed that nobody at the Department of Justice or the FBI was saying or doing anything, and we thought it was time to put pressure to bear and, you know, I don't know, maybe the FBI didn't see the USCCB press release. I mean, I'm, you know, whatever. So we sent her a letter and it took mm-hmm. them, uh, you know, about a month and a half to get back to us. They sent us a letter, uh, from the Associate Attorney General, uh, Van- uh, Vanita Gupta, uh, and she said in her letter that the, uh, the Department of Justice was planning on taking sw- swift action from, on this.
1: They were aware of the problem. They were aware of it.
0: Yeah, actually, I wanted to get the exact quote here. We share your concern with and commitment to preventing and addressing acts of vandalism, property destruction, and other incidents that target religious symbols, shrines, statues, or churches. The Department is taking numerous steps to address such violence, consistent with our commitment to combat unlawful acts of hate in all their forms. This letter was dated January 28, 2022, That means this upcoming Saturday, some people are going to be listening to this on Saturday, marks the one-year anniversary since this letter. And you have to ask yourself, Have they? what have they said? What have they done? Who have they prosecuted? Who have they arrested? And it's not total, utter, complete 0% uh, silence. Okay, so here's what they actually did do. Last week, the FBI sent out a press release offering a, a reward. What did they offer a reward for? Well, here's the funny thing: their their press release was so skewed. It said they they announced a twenty five thousand dollar reward for information in a series of attacks, quote, against reproductive health service facilities. That was their headline mm-hmm. in the press release, and in fact, that was the headline in ABC News and all these other secular news reports. Mm-hmm. They all made it sound like, oh, the FBI is going against going after people who attack. Abortion facilities.
1: Abortion clinics. like, now, wait a minute.
0: So actually, if you get down, you know, read like the seventh or eighth paragraph down, it actually clarifies that the reward is for information leading to, you know, any arrest involving reproductive health service buildings and also pregnancy resource centers and churches. So they only combine it all way at the bottom. They are totally downplaying it. Mm-hmm. And the secular media absolutely ran with it. They ran with the headline that the FBI gave. And so it's, again, it's one of those things where there have been very few attacks on abortion facilities in the last two years. And there's been lots of attacks on pregnancy research centers and mm-hmm. lots of attacks on churches. And so we want the FBI and the Department of Justice to take it seriously. We don't want any of this downplaying it like they did in their press release. And just offering a word, we want people in jail, we want people prosecuted, and we want, we want a mm-hmm. commitment from our federal government that this kind of violence is not acceptable.
2: Yeah, and I, I just want to add too, when we talk about attacks, what do we mean? Mm-hmm. The type of people that have been attacking Catholic churches have been brazen and obvious. Like these people have been caught on security cameras, uh, they're spray painting Jane's Revenge, a, a group that's a part of it. it. It's not like it doesn't take a rocket scientist to find who these people are and what they're doing. We have the information. And yet we've gotten no press releases, reports on any type of prosecution for hate crimes. And, and I think it's indicative mm-hmm. of what the administration really thinks of hate crimes. But so for everyone's information, Catholic Vote actually put together a video. Uh I'm not just a you know a pretty face here on the host. I actually was part of editing the video. <laughs> he does I, real work yeah, yeah. i'm a, I'm on the edge of my wits here. I just finished it up, but um this video shows just how i mean we're talking about arson attacks, burning down churches, mm-hmm. we're talking about cutting off statues' heads, putting swastikas on churches, calling priests rapists, like the most vile, disgusting uh actions on places of worship, stuff that's threatening nobody pregnancy resource centers, mm-hmm. places that are actually there to just help women. And and so I think two issues here. One, the fact that it's been kind of uh, in specific locations across the country, uh, they've all been covered by local news stations. So we're not talking about, talking about maybe like Fox affiliates, not really.
0: Mm-hmm. This
2: isn't, you know, the New York Times coming out and saying, whoa, there's been 300 of them. It's been individual here, individual here, individual here. So I don't even think Catholics really understand how widespread this I agree is. with you. How there's been an attack almost every day. I, yeah,
1: the narrative has been so limited and people are not aware that, yeah, maybe maybe you know someone whose parish was attacked. I know that my parish was one of the first ones uh, during the summer of 2020 to suffer attacks and vandalism and graffiti. And But the idea that you're part of this larger pattern that has now touched, I think it's like 46 of the 50 states um, and we've seen it, Um, ramping up. So another thing I want to point out to people that they don't realize is that of those nearly 300 attacks, 121 of them have occurred since just last May. And that, of course, is directly in response in reaction to the Dobbs leak that Roe v. Wade would be overturned. And who do they attack first? Well, it's the Catholic Church, because pro-abortion activists see the Catholic Church as the institution, the presence in the United States that is Most effective at um, at promoting human life and the dignity of the unborn child, and so these these attacks have not. And this was after CV's exchange with the DOJ. So not only did the DOJ say nothing, they actually stood by, put their hands in their pockets, and watched while those attacks on our churches ramped up. And they still the leak,
0: as you say, was in May, and then after May gets done, Jane's revenge. Yeah, You know, the slogan, you know, you're not safe if we're not safe. If
1: abortions aren't safe, you're you are not right. safe either. Yeah. And
0: they said, yep. as, as May came to a close last year, May 2022, they said, the month of mercy is over. And they, and they declared, mm-hmm. now the leash is off and we will make it as hard as possible for your campaign of oppression to continue. We have demonstrated in the past month how easy and fun it is to attack. And so you think, why doesn't the FBI and the Department of Justice declare this a domestic terrorist group? They are trying, that's exactly Absolutely. what terrorism is. Like they're trying to intimidate Absolutely. people. Absolutely. I mean, what more do you need? They There was an attempted assassination on Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. You know, and they're, they're still outside and of they're the still, house. Yeah, the they're way. still protesting. Mm-hmm. At, at yeah. what point, you know, does the government have a responsibility to protect its citizens? Like, hello. I think Catholics and all people of goodwill must hold the FBI and the Department of Justice accountable for failing to take this seriously. If Mm -hmm. just imagine this, if this issue were, you know, if the secular media were pro-life, then the New York times, the Washington post would be covering this constantly. It would be on CNN every day. You have a 60 minute special on CBS, but instead you get total silence. Mm -hmm. The only people who have really covered this is, Fox News, because they're on the conservative side of things, right? But I got to be thankful there's a lot of Republicans on Capitol Hill that have talked about this issue. They pledged that they're going to hold hearings on this. And we're right there to yeah. support that effort because we think this is what it needs. Absolutely. And we've had people in Congress yeah. and also Fox News citing the Catholic vote trackers on this. So uh, this is important mm-hmm. work. We're, we're happy and- to be... I'd like to add, Fighting for I'd like to add, this is all
2: we're only, res- the only reason this can happen is because of you, because of people that are in the loop and who support us to be able to be in the position to, we're submitting this video that we made to Congress. We're in active conversations with congressmen, congresswomen about how we can find solutions to this. And honestly, there were so many people that they didn't know who to turn to when their church got attacked. And they knew that, oh, Catholic Vote has a, a tracker and a big microphone so we can reach other Catholics, make people aware, mm-hmm. hey, this is reality and this is what's going on in the country. They would submit them to us. We had our, our uh, Sue field the emails and then pass them along to us. We're like, wow, didn't even-
1: Shout out to Sue. Didn't see it anywhere else. So, <laughs> so I just
2: really, I want to commend everyone. Thank you so much for, for making this possible and giving us mm-hmm. the opportunity. And you mentioned, Josh, if the, if the media, secular media was pro-life, right? One would like to think too- if we had a Catholic president, oh, well, we do have a Catholic president, supposedly. He has not said a word about these specific attacks mm-hmm. on Catholic churches. He said in very blanket statements through his press secretary that he condemns hate attacks or, or uh, unlawful protesting, whatever. But just think about that for a second. If you were a Catholic and someone is attacking your house of worship, like imagine if this was um, mosques across the country being attacked and you were, mm-hmm. you were, Um, Muslim, it would be extra personal to you. You would think that you would come out with your microphone and and unequivocally call out and deny people in the country that are attacking, like, this is your home, this is your backyard. So I just also want to say, it's just really cowardly for the president of the United States who is Catholic to not say a word about this. And we at Catholic Vote have to be the ones pressing someone. This should be your issue. I will say though, I
0: do consider it a badge of honor that people who love to kill babies understand that is the catholic church that stands against that we are against that barbarism you're darn right we are mm-hmm. we we think babies deserve yep. a chance to live like what a crazy concept huh so yeah i mean i <laughs> yeah. you know they're not going after the unitarians i mean come on I, they right. understand that you know we stand right you know, in solidarity with our unborn brothers and sisters, we wish them to the the chance at life.
2: It does make me proud to be Catholic. And it really, I think, acknowledges something that the devil hates what's true. The devil has (laughs) identified, there's a lot of spiritual warfare going on and it has identified the Catholic church as being the biggest enemy against the forces of evil. So it, it is a badge of honor in a lot of ways. And
1: so, I know know which side I want to be on. I know which side I want to be
2: on. And actually, we were all at the March for Life. We're going to address this later, but Mm. how beautiful to see just such a large gathering of Catholics and people of goodwill across the country come across in the defense of the defenseless. So we move on into our next section here. Actually, I'm coining it, Answer the Inbox. So we actually received a few emails, a few good questions. I picked one of them out that we can address. I think it really fits in well. So I'm just going to read it off now. So, hello, I have learned a lot from your weekly Loopcast and look forward to listening to them. Thank you so much. We work hard on it. Uh, So I learned from the loop email that the vote was 222 to 208 to pass a resolution condemning the recent attacks on pro-life facilities and churches. I looked up how the representative from my district, Sharice Davids, voted, and she voted against condemning violence. I wrote her an email and asked her why she voted not to condemn violence. I most likely will get an auto response since this is what happened multiple times in the past. My question for you is, why do you think that so many representatives voted against the resolution to condemn violence? This seems like something both sides could get behind. Best regards, Nancy. Thanks for submitting this, Nancy. Thought it was very appropriate for the episode. What do we think? I'm
1: totally with you, Nancy. One would think this is something that you could condemn no matter what, right?
0: I wanted them to push forward. We had called on them to push forward a, a stronger piece of legislation that would have demanded that the inspector general, of the justice department, Put out an actual report talking what steps have you taken to address these acts of violence mm-hmm. you know that would have that that language would have had some teeth to it, and the thought was, well, instead of putting that piece of legislation, let's just find something where it'll be a little bit easier to find consensus. But let's just condemn the violence. but the thing is the, the the it was a sense of the Congress resolution the resolution said positive things about crisis uh, about pregnancy resource centers. Well, if you're senator, I mean, mm-hmm. she's not in the Senate, but Elizabeth Warren and her ilk that, you know, her, she has supporters in the House, too, that think the same way. They can't acknowledge that there's anything positive about a pregnancy research center because they think they're frauds. Mm-hmm. They want the Federal Trade Commission to shut them down for fraud because they're deceiving women. You want to kill your baby and these guys want to save it. These guys are frauds. So they can't. That's why they can't support this, this kind of legislation, this hey, we, sh- we should be against bombing stuff, right? We should be against violence, setting things on fire, right? Well, uh, you know, it's kind of a tough call because we don't like them, right? It's not a tough call. You <laughs> right. should totally be against violence. I mean, it's crazy. Right.
2: So, so it puts you in a tough rhetorical position, but here's a question then for you guys. So if the resolution was, say, hypothetically, there was a ton of violence against Planned Parenthoods and in the language, it said that Planned Parenthood were doing good things for the community. By allowing abortion to be accessible to the community. Could you, as a member of Congress, vote to uh, uh, condemn violence against Planned Parenthood in this case? Well, see, the
0: thing is that Hmm. the people who support abortion claim they favor choice, right? So presumably they should have no problem with an organization that's trying to say, hey, you have a choice. Why don't you choose life? What's the objection? Unless what they really, really want is more dead babies. If that's what they want, then they're not really pro-choice. So that's what I right. think gets to the drive why they don't like pregnancy research centers. They're like, no, we want the abortion industry to have more money and we want more babies dead. Like to what, grow. What? Yeah. I mean, then you're not more pro-choice. You're just pro-death. So, you know, to me, mm-hmm. that, that, if you're truly pro-choice, you shouldn't have a problem with a woman choosing either one, Right. We're the ones that are claiming, hey, by the way, this is murder. So we're not going to endorse the other side. But their side claims to be just in favor of whatever choice you want to make. Well, maybe they're not telling the truth then. Yeah, It's been interesting to see,
2: too. They're really, really trying so hard to change how they coin pro-lifers. Like It almost makes people blush now. They don't say pro-life. They say anti. Oh, I love that. I, I actually will I accept just
0: refuse it. to say the pure word. Yeah, I, I love I'm that
1: people. <laughs> I I'm yeah. anti-abortion. Right.
0: I don't know if they think it's a dump. Yeah. No, I don't know why they think it's. Yeah, it was it's, Andrea Mitchell mm-hmm. on MSNBC was squawking about that. Like uh, when a reporter yep. just made a reference to someone, be, you know, calling themselves pro He's like, ah, you can't say That's that. It's like. anti-abortion. <laughs> like, uh, you know, great, right?
1: Oh, and I loved his response. He goes, oh, no, I was just saying she was pro-life because that's how she identified herself. Like he came right back at her with the the language of the left how She self-identified, self-identified as pro-life. And (laughs) she just got really quiet for a second. Moving on.
2: There's a little bit of an awkward pause. So I'll be
1: anti-abortion too. I don't mind. I am.
2: Final answer to Nancy. Yeah.
1: Okay. Final answer to Nancy. Yeah. I think. Like Josh said, it's that in signing on to this particular piece of legislation, the way it was crafted, your representative would have had to also sign on to this praise of the work that crisis pregnancy center, that pregnancy resource centers have done for the United States, for the local community. And that's just something she could your your friend. Uh, what's her name? Sharice could not do. She right. could not go there politically. It was a Sharice too far yeah, for Sharice.
2: Which to be fair <laughs> would be a bridge too far if it was if it would have made mm-hmm. us praise plan Parenthood. Yeah, but we're we we're consistent on
0: this is the point. Like we think murder we're is consistent, bad. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, there's I can consistent. praise that.
2: Correct. In all cases, not mm-hmm. just when they're unborn. So we were all together, all of Catholic vote together in Washington DC for the March. And I got some, awesome. some sage advice from the president of Catholic vote, Brian Birch on the podcast. He said, Tom, we have such heated debates here at Catholic vote because we have a lot of very opinionated, intelligent, and like good Catholic people here. And we want to bring those debates to the broader audience. Just talk about what we talk about internally. And so that really inspired me as I saw this come across the desk. uh, It was a tweet from Father James Martin, often talked about, but for good reason. And so I'm just going to lay down the facts of what was talked about, and then we can go into as to why this is maybe a little bit problematic. So an organization called the Catholic League on Twitter wrote an article and the tweet said, it is true that Pete Buttigieg is legally married, but that is a legal fiction. And then on top of it, you can quote tweet and Father James. I'm going to throw it up on the YouTube if anyone wants to see it. Uh, Father James Martin said, Pete Buttigieg is married period. And uh, of course, you know, coming from a Catholic priest, that might seem a little bit problematic uh, as it is at odds with Catholic teaching and the church you are part of. And then he responds with surprise. This got so much attention like it or not. Pete Buttigieg is legally married. You may disagree with same sex marriage or not, but at secretary Pete is married in the eyes of the state and his church as much as anyone else. To claim otherwise is to ignore reality. And then he wrote a lengthy article about how he got a lot of attention. A very
1: lengthy article.
2: This was very (laughs) in line with our experience with uh, James Martin. Uh, Josh, what were your two cents on this
0: exchange? Well, I mean, James Martin is um, an absolute masterful troll. You know, and what I mean by troll is someone who puts out a statement on social media with the intent purpose of trying to get a whole storm brewing. He does it on purpose. Uh, mm-hmm. He knows exactly what he's doing. Right. He's he's not confused. He actually said, I was totally surprised at how people reacted to this and made such a fuss. I just said the statement was true. BS Absolute,
1: meter. Yeah, I mean, so he's a
0: liar. I mean, he's, there's no way he had he was surprised. Oh, I'm surprised. Yeah. You, <laughs> Totally phony, total (laughs) lie. He knows exactly what he's doing. Like so, the Catholic League was pushing back at this, saying it's a, you know, he might be in the eyes of the state legally married, but it's a total fiction. That marriage is between a man and a woman, which is like obvious opinion Mm -hmm. that everyone had up until like ten minutes ago. And so, you know, what Father James Martin did is he just said Pete Pete Buttigieg is married, and that Mm -hmm. leaves it at that he sends that out to his 250,000 followers or whatever and they loved it because he's got a following of people who like the mantle of catholic but hate actually what she teaches on everything you know the, mm-hmm. he's he's like the he's like the the chaplain for the church of the sexual revolution that's really what he is um and and so yeah. you know like right now um I mean, so what? What he ends up doing is making a a statement like that. You know, it's designed intentionally to elicit a thunderous negative response. And then he's like, "Gosh, people Mm are so homophobic and so angry." And I'm like, "Well, okay, they're upset because you know we're fighting in a culture war right now, not of our choosing. It's not like you know if you know I love to like not have to go to war. I wish we had a country that you know embraced the total normal." christian view of uh, human anthropology man and woman married together but we don't have that and the left is coming for our throats and mm-hmm. he's basically like i said the chaplain of the sexual revolution he's absolutely endorsing all these horrible things and then he does it in such a snake oil way where he's like well i didn't yeah. i didn't say i'm in favor of it you know it's obviously clear mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. what he yeah. wants
1: yeah Right. And if you read in the article, he actually says, he goes, I'm not challenging the church's teaching against same sex marriage, which he always says that. And yet he regularly puts out these statements that can go either way that he knows is going to elicit the worst in people. I mean, look, if you're someone who goes on Twitter Finds Father James Martin and starts yelling at him that he's gonna burn in hell. Please stop doing that. Like you're just feeding the beast. The best thing to do is to just copy and paste from the catechism or from John Paul II, say, That's a lie. Here's the quote. Leave it, right? Mm -hmm. Don't don't get all worked up because he's not worth it. I I mean, mean, Father James Martin is not worth it. I'm gonna push back on that.
0: It is worth getting worked up about because frankly Mm. (laughs) (laughs) lay Catholics are upset and frustrated. Like Mm-hmm. Listen, it's about quality control. Okay, so if Coca Cola, if all of a sudden in let's say in Wisconsin, Coca Cola tasted like garbage, then everyone would go, "What's going on? Why is this?" I, you know, I go in I, I go to Illinois or Minnesota or Michigan, and it tastes great, and then I go to Wisconsin, it doesn't taste like Coke at all. It tastes terrible. It's like flat. It doesn't taste sugary at all. I hate it. And so that people would say, what's going on? And Coca-Cola would swarm in and find out what's going on with the bottle distributors. Why, why are not you using the right formula? Why are you saying some? Why are you offering this? This is not what we are about. Get in line or you're out of the picture. You know, and so what yeah. what, what happens with the Catholic Church? Like some guy like this, James <laughs> right. Martin is a total heretic. You make a good point. He's pushing a, a false gospel. Mm-hmm. And he's just not only, a, yeah. you know, it, it, why is there no quality control? Why is his... The Jesuit superior or his archbishop, or I don't know, the Pope who happens to also be a Jesuit, saying, Stop this. Stop doing this. You're you're teaching a false gospel. But yeah. in fact, mm-hmm. Pope Francis promoted him.
1: Uh, so, right. what does that say but, about gosh, our church? It's your, a total quality a control
0: problem. People, you know, so other people, right. people come up to us and go, Now, wait a minute. Now, you're Catholic and you believe, you know, the Catholic Church apparently teaches that marriage is between oh, a man and a my woman. My family, yeah. But what is with this guy here? He's yep. like a, Priest, that gets on Twitter, yeah. he's got a ton of followers, and he says this kind of stuff. And uh, why doesn't the. Up-
1: or, like, he seems really nice. Why are you so mean? Well, that. Holding, uh, holding yeah, well, that,
0: but then I, I think yeah. it, it's an he ecumenical so nightmare nice. because people who might, like, think, oh, might be yeah. attracted to, like, the Catholic Church and her traditions and her teachings. Like, well, wait a minute now, why is this guy allowed to completely say whatever he wants to and still be considered, a, you know, a priest in good standing?
2: Our coworker Stephen brought up a really good point. I think in this regards specifically to outreach ministries. Uh, it's is mm-hmm. his ministry. It is worth calling him out every step of the way because, like you said, there might be people's experience with the Catholic Church that's through the lens of people who are not promoting church teaching or they're they're masterfully trolling so for the example outreach thrives because it only reaches people that are vulnerable so if if you're vulnerable Mm -hmm. and you read something from outreach and it's encouraging you as a trans individual or it's teaching you it's it's encouraging things that are against church teaching they actually find in your
1: gay relationship right right. he actually
2: Mm -hmm. hopes that you don't find it that actual you know well intentioned good Catholic people are finding are not going to find it because then they're not going to expose it as soon as people bring attention to it and it reflects poorly on them that's when it gets taken down right because it's like right. the jig is up but if no one right. if only one side of the aisle is seeing that and consuming that that might be their only experience with the Catholic Church so that's why for those wondering, we keep bringing them up this is why we bring it up right Catholic vote functions as a watchdog a lot of times because this is a Horrible representation of Catholic Church. And he's gonna come back to this. Who who knows? He might even respond on Twitter. He might say, Wow, that's really homophobic of you, Luke Cast. Wow, do you you must vote is lying. Yeah, yeah, You must really hate gay people. You must really hate me. It's not even about that. It's not about that. We know what you're doing. We know the game. And we're here
0: to say, call you out at every single step. Well, and again, I would Mm -hmm. like to make the point. It's not like someone, you know, on the street corner goes. Yeah, you know, I hate you Catholics as you walk into church, like, yeah, just ignore that guy. He's just a crank. I mean, James Martin has over three hundred thousand followers uh, on Twitter alone. He, like I said, he got promoted to the Vatican. He also appears on CBS. He's like the chaplain of the Stephen Colbert's late show or whatever. Uh, like, Colbert, yeah. You know, <laughs> is there a more influential Catholic priest in the United States than James Martin? I mean. You'd probably say, I would say probably, no, I'd probably say, you know, uh, Father Mike Schmitz with his uh, awesome podcast is probably the number one. But other than that, James Martin is way up there and he's able to gain influence and he's able to spread his message through mainstream media sources. You know, he, you know, he gets op-eds published everywhere. So, you know, like, why don't you just ignore it? We can't ignore a problem you know? No. Right.
1: Well, and just to be really clear, I want to be really clear. I was not saying that you should just ignore him, but what I'm saying is that he requires a firm and level handling, right? Yeah. Don't just go yeah, on there and off, like right? put an emoji. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't do emojis or right. gifts of like people roasting in hell, like actually yeah. go in there, challenge him, say you're a liar.
0: Yeah. I think with Tataro's point earlier, what, you know, like Steve was saying, it's not even helpful for his own goals. Like, in other words, James Martin purportedly is doing all this kind of stuff, as you say, to try to, you know, be supportive of LGBT, you know, teens. That's always, oh, what about these kids under 18? These like, buddy, if you Mm -hmm. truly believe in the Catholic teachings on, you know, human anthropology, that God made, created us male and female, and that, you know, God has a plan for men and for women, which of course he disagrees with all that. You know, so he's encouraging right. these he gender theories that that are at war with our own bodies, that are at war with our own souls. Mm-hmm. And so it's like you're just going to lead that have real lasting yes, consequences. it's going to lead to despair. Change right? right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so it's
2: like not even it's not even like we can just brush it off as like oh this is kind of insignificant uh, trickery. Like the things that he allows and promotes ruin people for life or it could, it's terrible, seriously, right. irreversibly yeah. could ruin you. So it's, we bring this up and plus as a priest with a lot of authority, you're actually held. I mean, all priests should be held to a higher standard, but he is a Catholic priest. You're wearing a collar. When you speak, you should speak in the tradition of like in your education as a Catholic priest. Mm -hmm. So for him to say he is married, that's cute semantics, but like. Well, it may not be, I don't know, by legal definition, incorrect. It's not what you as a priest should be pushing into the putting if out. That's the what world. you believe. Like, you take should off be the
0: collar, bro.
1: Right. Yeah, I absolutely. Mean, yeah. It's... Go join the Episcopalians. They would love to have. Or you. just
2: just join the Jesuit. Oh, Shoot. oh. Sorry, the <laughs> <laughs> I think we might be like the number one Jesuit joke pr- podcast out there.
0: I think 99% of Jesuits give the other 1% a bad name.
1: Oh, uh, <laughs> I named my son after a Jesuit. My son is named after Francis Xavier. And I just, I tell him, you got, <laughs> don't you dare good. Good. <laughs> become one. <laughs> All right. Uh,
2: Jesuits jokes. Uh, we got those out of our system for this episode.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I think uh, I'm good.
2: Yeah. So we're going to move on now to the, so we don't often talk hockey, although I, I have an appreciation for, <laughs> for hockey myself. But uh, Mm -hmm. there was a a Russian Orthodox hockey player, his name is Ivan Provorov, and I'm not great at pronouncing Russian, so forgive me on that. (laughs) How's
1: your Russian, Tom? (laughs)
2: Russian, brushing up, a little dusty. Uh, So he was a player for the Philadelphia Flyers, and he was asked about why he was not going to wear the Pride Night jersey uh, with the rest of his team. He was the only member of his team to not do so. And mm-hmm. he answered very simply, it's, it's against my religion. I don't believe it. And I won't do it. And honestly, I don't want to hear any other
1: questions about
0: it.
2: Like if you have hockey questions, ask me.
1: Yeah, you know, I love that. i <laughs> you have a hockey t- question, I'm happy to. Yeah, I'll run the clip. It should be the YouTube. end of the
0: discussion, right? There. Everybody, I respect everybody's choices. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion. That's all I'm going to say. Any, uh, like I said, that's all I'm going to comment on that. Um, if you have any hockey questions, I would like, I would answer those. Just, uh... Why are professional teams. Supporting what we normally call deviant forms of sexuality up until, like, you know, 15, 20 years ago. You know, and it's like, you right. know, it it's again. The rainbow crowd doesn't just want neutrality. They want our, they want us to uh, endorse it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not, they don't, they they don't want just tolerance. You know, they want our approval and you know what? We don't approve. We don't.
2: Well, and guess what? Mm -hmm. Oh, he didn't do it. And his Jersey sold out, sold out. (laughs) Yeah. On the NHL. And this is this is not – he's not, you know, Sidney Crosby or I don't know if we got hockey lo- fans on the podcast. And it's
1: hockey. It's, yeah. It's but... hockey.
2: That jersey sold out. I mean, I kind of want to buy a jersey. My only beef with it is that I'd be giving money to the NHL, which is, I think, one of the worst <laughs> professional sports organizations when it comes to a lot of these, like, mm-hmm. causes. I almost wish that he was able to, like, set up his own shop or something because I would have loved, it, just loved yeah. to support that. But the
1: fan base, they sent a message to NHL. What they does sent that a message. Say?
2: The fact that it's sold out like that even kind of surprised me is it just a sign that everyone's kind of fed up with this thing like Mm
1: -hmm. is
2: it people of religious faith that only did it is it some secular people like yeah i am kind of tired of having dumb stuff shoved down my throat for no reason what do you think
1: (laughs) oh gosh i mean i think that it was just it's this there are enough people out there paying attention but when they see someone who's willing to stand up, I mean, the only guy on his team, you know how, I don't know how guy locker rooms are, but I imagine there's some like social pressure going on there for him to just be like, no, this is against who I am. It's against my faith. I'm not going to do it. Hmm. I I mean, you just got to admire that. Like, here's a a guy, a man who's actually being a manly man. Yeah. So. I would love to see the data analysis on who bought it. Were they all people of faith? Are there really that many Russian Orthodox watching hockey in the United States that they could buy out the guy's jerseys? I don't think so. But um, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was a great moment. Just a really great moment. It reminded me, one of my all time favorite movies is uh, Chariots of Fire back from the 1980s. You know, the story of the Christian missionary who was on the British track team and he would not run a race on Sunday. And, the movie just does such a great job. I'd encourage everyone to go watch it. Older movie. But it's just, just a great job of um, dramatizing this, the the pressures that are put on these athletes to be um, role models, but also to kowtow to whatever the current political atmosphere is. I mean, they're getting pressure from big business, from the NHL. They're getting this pressure. and And this movie is the story of a guy who would not bend the knee. And uh, same, same. You know, kudos to Ivan.
2: I'm continually frustrated by the fact that more athletes don't just stand up for what they believe in. Like, if you think about it, for example, with the vaccines, if 15 quarterbacks in the NFL in the NFL decided, "I'm not getting this, and it's not going to happen," mm. the league wouldn't have required it, right? If mm-hmm. all of the hockey stars say, "I'm not going to wear this jersey," like you, you're not going to force me to do something that doesn't mm-hmm. align with whatever they wouldn't force it or them. the female like,
1: swimmers. If the NCAA, if all those girls had refused to swim against swim. Leah Thomas, correct.
2: Like I'm not swimming. I understand that you have to sacrifice yeah. something when you do that, but it, it's like, if everyone's taxes prices together, then no one does in a way, because then it's there. Yeah. It's shown that it's important enough to people that people will back down. Okay. But instead it's just yeah. the opposite. People just back down. On it. Yeah, no, I mean, I think,
1: it, yeah, but that's not how it works. I do think
0: courage is, I do think courage is courageous though. Sorry, I do think that courage is contagious. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> deep. That was a deep <laughs> from Josh that was a tilly,
1: tautology yeah. there.
0: Yeah, no, but yeah, <laughs> is courage courageous? It's... So, uh, you know, I do think mm-hmm. it's important. You know, to just, I am very proud of the fact that this hockey player stuck his neck out and did the thing he thought was right, and I mm-hmm. think is also right, obviously, uh, but what I thought was just outrageous is that you had some of the, the, these sports reporters just maliciously attack him. One guy even said he should get on a plane and go fight for the Ukraine. You know, it's like, are you kidding me? Like just cause he doesn't want to put on a rainbow Jersey to celebrate, you know, LGBT stuff. You want to, you want to send him off to war. You know, it's ridiculous. Now I will say this about, it is important to have strong political leadership too. Okay. So, you know, because otherwise, if you know, he happens to be a, a hockey player, he's not super well known, but he's able to stand up and do what he wants. But uh, oftentimes, there are workers in in the economy that can't be as brave. You know, because they don't have a multi million dollar contract. They don't, have, they don't a have a platform, yeah, and they just no get pla- they just get shoved aside. Right. So when the NHL, you mentioned it's a terrible league. They put out this. Uh, they it put is. out this job wanted thing. Uh, uh, they put out a job wanted uh, application. They want someone to work for the NHL. That would be a diversity part, and they had to be, you know, Hispanic. They had to be Black or American Indian or Asian or something like that. Mm-hmm. And Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, is like, "Yeah, excuse me. Wait, what? Like, uh, you can't just." <laughs> openly call for a position where you discriminate against on the basis of race. And so they pulled the job yeah. application mm-hmm. thing, so they pulled it, you know, and I think that's why we, you know, it's important for people to try to be as courageous as they are. Sure. But ultimately mm-hmm. you need to have strong political leadership. And that's why I think, right. you know, you need to make sure you do quality control when it comes to electing candidates for office um, I think that's why mm-hmm. advocacy groups like Catholic vote are important. You know, we can bring this to the forefront and talk about this and represent people of all backgrounds, right?
1: Right. You need a strong media presence that will tell the story, right? Because oh. I think of, I think of like back in Nazi Germany, so like St. Or blessed Franz Jagerstatter, the the father in Germany who would not sign the oath to the Hitler regime and who was ultimately martyred, right? I mean, if if more Catholics in Germany at that time had known his story and known what he was doing, that he was sitting in jail, refusing to take this oath, if there had been, if that story had been out there, like you said, Josh, courage is contagious. And how many more people like him would there have been? And what, what would the outcome have been? How would history have been different? So I think political power, yes, and also a way for the stories to be known so that we can we can find our, you know, people who are standing up and take inspiration from them.
0: Amen yeah, the to
2: that. And it does remind me too of why people, why people hate uh, neocons so much. For example, like the George Bushes <laughs> of, like people were uh, so frustrated that there was no political leadership on social issues like this. Right? That's why people marriage, love Marissa. Right the Marissa was like, uh, yeah, Disney wants to do say what to preschoolers? <laughs> like, no, that's not going to happen. And. I, George, Bush, the George Bushes, and all them—they're like just cut taxes. We're going to stay out of everything. Cut taxes
0: right. and bomb countries. That's all we care about. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh, those were the days. So I'm glad. Hopefully,
2: we've moved on to a new political era where we actually can have to take some charge. And actually, thank you to the left for really pushing society <laughs> way too far to the. Shout out to
1: Obama. Did. Yeah, shout <laughs> out to Obama
2: for this. Us in the pushing us so far, so uh, yeah. Before we move on to the Twilight Zone, I just want to bring up it's it's just starting, we're going to be able to give you much more updates as it comes. But Mm -hmm. the Mark Hawk trial actually starts this week, has started this week by the time this is released. And I just really their family needs prayers very intentional Mm -hmm. prayers. They're going up against a system that is clearly angled against. People of goodwill pro-life. And the same system that has turned a blind eye to all these church attacks. Instead, the Department of Justice has chosen to go after well-meaning people of good conscience who are protesting outside of abortion clinics. Mark Hawk is actually one of a quite a few that have been arrested Mm -hmm. with the FBI in their homes, flashing guns, crazy stuff for just protesting outside of these abortion clinics. So we really, I just ask everyone listening, if you can just take the time now. Please say a prayer for Mark Hawk and his entire family. This is going to be a very important trial, I think, and set a really important precedent, hopefully, that can exonerate just innocent pro-lifers in the country. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's all we need to say on that. We will be updating you as that is a kind of ongoing situation. Uh, so we're going to move on now into the Twilight Zone. Uh, Josh.
0: Well. Twilight Zone. I mean, I guess I, I you know, I, I I have to remind myself not to get totally surprised by these things, you know. But um, our wonderful, say that sarcastically, vice president.
1: <laughs> oh, he can't even say a, it. it. Deep, oh, come yeah. on, Josh. Yeah. You know
0: she. She, she said she completely butchered the declaration of independence and edited out the right to life i mean you're that zealously dedicated to abortion like oh yeah that's inconvenient you know a promise we made in the declaration of independence that we are each endowed with the right to liberty and the pursuit of happiness so totally cut out the fact that we're not going to say the right to life which is in that an important sentence yeah. that's in the debate. Not a big fan of the right <laughs> to life. <laughs> right, also, right. by the way, did you notice she also totally edited out "endowed by their creator"? Like she cut out God yep. too.
1: We don't need God, and we don't need life, both of which are preconditions to enjoying liberty. But we don't need them. I know. I had to replay the clip like three times because I didn't believe it. I'm like, even Cam. So, oh my god, no, it's really great, great, Yeah. Why are the, we even the surprised? The great
0: understanding of the of the founding father generation is that our rights do not come from government they don't come from us collectively together as like some sort of majority governing mm-hmm. power it's like no you have the right to life you have the right to to liberty you have the right to pursue happiness those rights are yours they are endowed by the creator right. no government of men can ever take that away and that's yeah. you know so so when yeah. you, when she's quoting from and editing out critical parts of our national heritage in the declaration of independence. Dude, that is a declaration on everything yeah. we mm-hmm. believe, a, a declaring war, a declaration of war on us.
1: Right. The thing that drives me absolutely nuts about when people who are like in the minority, racial minorities, you know, fighting for their rights, they've been, you know, historically disadvantaged. They've been enslaved. I mean, horrible things have happened to them, but the entire basis of protesting and working for a better civilization for all people, for rights. The entire basis of that is that the government, the policies that were in place, the people in power who held them down, were not the final arbiter of their rights. That 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 government and power is not the source of the rights of African Americans. It's not the source of the rights of women. It's not it's it's God. It's someone prior to government right. and now that you feel like you're kind of getting the power you're the one in power now now you do away with the entire basis that got you to this point it just well
0: the- i know what you're saying but like kamala harris could have you know oh. this, that same thing that she said could have been uttered by any number of lame white democrats as well i mean the thing is joe biden if he said it you'd have thought oh maybe he's just kind of senile and getting old because he butchers you he butchers everything, line. right? Yeah. You can't make, you can't string it Yeah, well, it's like the DNC, the Democratic National Convention. That you know, they didn't want to pledge allegiance to the American flag. Mm-hmm. They don't like that. They want to cut God out of their platform. So, you know, we are seeing right, right. Uh, a rise, not just in the nuns, like people with no affiliation. Those people are obviously mm-hmm. actively hostile to religion. It's not like, yeah, it's not my thing. <laughs> you want to do it, whatever. No, I mean that's why. The whole church yeah. stuff is about like
1: they want to yeah. erase it yeah. right they want it to be erased and important to note
2: important to note when she did this mm. her and joe biden both did this as mill- like thousands upon thousands of pro-lifers from across the country came to dc for the march for life like
1: mm-hmm. joe biden's a the anniversary of, of roby wade right, right. this is on the anniversary
0: right she can't quote the right to life
2: she can't. I mean, it
0: actually would kind of be a contradiction, I guess. If, if well, you we would have really called out the contradiction, but like to me, like the Twilight Zone was like, woo, so scared of it, you can't even talk about it. Like, let's just pretend right. it doesn't exist. And like, golly. And the, the whole
2: abortion thing was predicated upon eugenics, it was used against uh-huh. minorities. Like, Erica, you were talking about minorities. Camel Harris herself, minority. So uh-huh. just so sad to see
1: it is sad. such
2: ignorant and malicious. People. And- yeah, I
1: think it's dangerous to say that it's ignorant. So, this is yeah, something like ben Shapiro, ben Shapiro is always saying, like, Camille Hurts is so stupid. And he's always saying, like, Corinne Jean Pierre, the world's most untalented press secretary, which is a cute line. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Ben. That's really, you know, she is. <laughs> However, I think that it's giving them short shrift. Like, the things that they put out there are calculated and deliberate. This is, yeah, it's intentional. It's not just that Kareem Jean-Pierre is untalented and can't say anything straight. She deliberately obfuscates. Yeah. 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 So Ben, give her, mm, don't do that.
2: But I'll give you a pass on Biden because I truly don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes. We just, mm.
2: we'll give you a pass now. Everyone else. <laughs> Let's
1: eat mysteries.
2: Right. Uh, Erica. Oh,
1: yeah. All right. So the immigration numbers were released for December 2022 this week from the uh, U.S. Customs and Borders Protection Agency. In total, there were over a quarter of a million encounters at the southern border in December. And that's just continuing to ramp up. That's a seven percent increase compared to November. But that's not the twilight zone for me. Like we all know it's a disaster. But then I was digging a little deeper into the statistics, like following the story. We'll be covering this more in the weeks to come. But the Border Patrol agents stopped 17 people at the southern border in December who are on the FBI's terror watch list. This brings the total number of individuals arrested at the southern border who are on the terror watch list to 38 since the current fiscal year, which started October 1st. Um, But this is even more interesting. There were 98 terror watch list arrests in 22, 15 and 21, and only three in 2020. During the entire Trump uh whatever it is called, pre- presidency. I can't even talk anymore. During the entire Trump presidency, they were in the single digits every year. How many guys they were picking up from the terror watch list? Now we're talking, we're we're on target to be over a hundred at the southern border this year. And just again, interesting stat. In 2022, there are an estimated over half a million, 600,000 getaways at the border. So people, they estimate, made it over the border and were not picked up. So you think percentage-wise, how many of those people were on the terror watch list? This, to me, just total twilight zone, total disconnect between listening to Mayorkas defending his his record um, down at the border And and what's actually happening on the ground coming across with these statistical reports. So, like, guys, get it together or we're looking at another 9-11. This is this is how they get across. This is how they get into the country. And the whole world knows it. This is international news. It's
2: sad that the administration allows so much abuse, you know, Mm. by not having a coherent border policy, like the amount of abuse that's coming across between like the cartels owning the border and coyotes profiting off of human trafficking.
1: Oh, it's, it's absolutely terrible.
2: And, 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 f- terrible. Like, it's just such a bad all around, such a bad situation to project such weakness that anyone could just come across at any time. To argue mm-hmm. that that's not the case is just you haven't been paying attention, I guess. And I'm just, yeah. it really upsets me that so much abuse is allowed and it's really indefensible. It's a, yeah. That's your responsibility as
1: leader of the country. Yeah. Maybe. Well, like I said, it's a story to watch. We're going to be following up on this um, and hopefully with the new Congress, we'll get some action here. Yeah. Um, but twilight zone, this is still going on and the Biden administration is still in total denial about the level of the threat.
2: Yeah. So I think I have the most fun twilight zone. So I don't know if that's a, um, if that's a win for me, but. You get
1: a crown, you get a short King crown for that. So most fun twilight zone.
2: Short King crown, uh, Benedict Sixteenth, rest in peace. I uh, hope he's watching mm-hmm. down on this podcast right now. He wrote a book in Italian called What is Christianity? That was released very recently, this past week. And so recently that people haven't really even been able to interpret it, I guess. And the book has some bombshells in it, man. I mean, he went out swinging on this one. So <laughs> I'm going to bring up some of the things the book talks about. And this is we haven't even gotten really a full breakdown yet, which I think is is totally the fault of mainstream media. I mean, if this was mm-hmm. anyone else, this would be everywhere, all over the place. I mean, he's a former pope, so uh, Benedict XVI in the book speaks of homosexuality and the fact that there are gay clubs in seminaries. Uh, so yeah, I hear a lot of talk about the the homosexual clubs. Talk about there being very like open secret boyfriends. Uh, mm-hmm sexual deviancy out in the open in a lot of these seminaries. And just the fact that uh, some of these people had wives and children in some cases by their girlfriends. I mean, just crazy. I mean, that was main what we've gotten so far, but I mean, it's crazy (laughs) to me a few things like, okay, this, this bombshell drops obviously critical of like the current Pope and the current state of the church. And yet Uh, why do we not have it published in English and like have this everywhere? It'll it'll come in English. Even if it was in Latin a week or so. Right. But okay. But say if Pope Francis retires and he says any, or passes away and he says anything critical of say like, I don't know, the TLM or, or, or whatever, like this would truly be everywhere by now. Would it not? I mean, is that 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 crazy of a... Yeah, I
0: mean, so, like, the Catholic left isn't going to want to publish this because it's calling attention to stuff that they would like to sweep under the rug. And then you have another problem with conservative, you know, Catholic media, which oftentimes is a little risk-averse. They don't want to really mention bad things about... the. That's an understatement. They don't want to mention bad things about the church because they want people to be happy about their church. They want people to love their church and the church's teachings. but. If you do love the church and her teachings, then you should be frustrated and upset when someone mm-hmm. is causing great scandal. The answer is not to just kind of ignore it and hope no one notices it. That's not helpful at all. Right. So, I mean, Pope Benedict, yeah. he had a great legacy when he was Pope of trying to reform the seminaries. Um, he understood this to be a big problem. He had done a lot of great work on that. Um, and now it's just amazing to see some of this other stuff where he's just like, yeah, dude, this is a massive problem. And Erica, you, you were talking about how he had so much hatred against him from the German church.
1: Right. I mean, I think for me and a couple of our other colleagues, like you were talking about just our conversations that we have in the office, um, the, the chilling line was that, you know, he wrote that he didn't want to publish. And after after the misunderstanding, there was a book of um, there was a book published on the priesthood by Cardinal Robert Sarah, one of our absolute dear friends in Rome, Cardinal Sarah. And uh, Pope Benedict was supposedly mistakenly put on the cover. He didn't actually write very much or any of the book. It's unclear. But after that um, total sort of media feeding frenzy, um, he was like, "I'm not doing it anymore." But he. Um, he said he didn't want to publish anymore while he was alive because he knew that the German church, not, not all of the bishops, but the, 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 um, cadre of German bishops who are schismatic, who are against church teaching would, would breathe. And he, he used the word murderous with murderous furor at him. And he knew this, that he was so aware that he wants this um, book of essays to be published after his death because he knew what the reaction would be. Um, and I think for me, like I, at this point, no one should be like, oh, it's a bombshell that there were gay clubs and seminaries. We all know this. Like, If you lived through the scandals, 2001, and again, the McCarrick in 2018, I mean, we're talking years now of knowing. Those were, those were the pink palaces, right? That's what we call them, or the lavender mafia in the seminaries. And I have friends who were in the seminaries who suffered this and were... were put out of the seminaries because of their orthodoxy, because they did not want gay relationships. And so this is a real thing. It's not a surprise. The bombshell, like you said, Tom, I think, is that this is the the Pope, the, the emeritus Pope saying, yes, these things were happening. This is the crux of the issue in the church. This is the crisis of fatherhood. This is the crisis of the priesthood is this total, um, the scandal of having this stuff in the seminaries at their formation um so that's the bombshell here and the silence of the media yeah, my friend it.
0: said well, why didn't they publish this in english first and i thought to myself if you were working mm, they never well, do you know the book was probably worked <laughs> on in italian between benedict and the people that were probably you know he's like maybe a secretary, no, the secretary consulting yeah. with it and if you've got this book, mm-hmm. you're like, let me wait to make sure I get it translated in English before I get it out there. Yeah, no, dude, publish it. Click, submit, get it out there before something happens. You yeah, know there's gonna be I mean, there are vipers in the Vatican that would try to do anything they could to stop this kind of thing, get from getting out.
1: Yeah, not the not so much the bombshell, but the miracle that this is actually coming to light and that we are going to have this in English very soon. That's a miracle because the way it works it could have just gone into the dustbin somewhere under the Vatican they'll discover it in 800 years you know like yeah
0: but we <laughs> don't let it out there so, so much good, else yeah. is down
1: there in
2: yeah praise the lord well i think that about does for this episode Packed, but for those of you still listening i actually want to read a com- this comment actually really genuinely touched me it's uh on the apple podcast review section uh Someone that titled themselves as Hate News, Love Loopcast, gave a five star. <laughs> and I just, name. I'll give a live reading. I talked to Erica about this. Josh, you haven't heard this yet. Um, so here's the comment New listener, gonna keep listening. Just started listening to the Loopcast right after the 2020 elections. I stopped listening slash watching any news at all. While it helps my stress level, I'm much more relaxed. I have found I had no idea the important happenings in our country and church. This podcast is refreshing in that it keeps me informed and doesn't stress me out. Thank you for keeping me up to date on current events in a manner that appeals to my values. Aww. Thank you so much. Thank I, you. I was so thoughtful. I don't know if everyone knows that so much work <laughs> goes into this product, the Loopcast. So much work. <laughs> I spent a lot of time editing it. We think a lot about what topics we're going to cover. Erica does an excellent job of researching. Josh saves all of his hottest takes for this podcast. Thank you, Josh. Um, we just, we appreciate you guys so much. And if you would uh, do us the honor, if you think highly of this show, please go leave us a review on whatever platform you listen to, share us with a friend. Uh, we really, really so much appreciate the, the little community we're building here at uh, Catholic Vote and with the Loopcast. I'm just truly honored to, to be supported by you guys and put this together for you every week. Josh, do you have anything to say? You want to say you love them?
0: I appreciate the comments, <laughs> and I think you know we're. I think at Catholic Vote we're grounded by the sense that we feel an obligation, you know, to, to stand up and to advocate for these ideas. Uh, we believe in them. We know that the you know the media and uh, the culture um, they're they're stacked the deck you know they're stacked against us, uh, but that doesn't mm-hmm. mean. We have to become despondent or cranky. You know, I I think the answer is to be happy warriors and to understand that, like, if you truly believe in Jesus Christ, that this is his church, this is his world, and he wants us to be faithful. And he's not calling on any of us to be specifically to be successful. What he wants us to do, my friend said this. You know, you bring the loaves and fishes to Jesus, and he'll multiply them. So mm-hmm. we do what we Amen. can. We put in hard work, and uh, we let God multiply it. So, you know, it's it's up to God. It's, you know, what he wants to do with this podcast, uh, with any endeavor that we work on. It's all It's all dedicated in his name. So, you know, we're not going to—there's a lot of difficult things going on in the news, a lot of different, you know Politics and that kind of stuff. Um, We want to try to give it to you as straight as we can and honest as we can um, because we're just like you. You know? Amen to that. (laughs) All right. So that does it for this one. Go
2: keep the faith. See you in the next one. Bye, guys.